2: What's going on, my grand? Great to chat with you once again. How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've got modern family going on in the background. So uh um, great show this, this is great like the, show. dude, fantastic <laughs> show. Um yeah, not much going on. I mean, obviously there's there's signing day, which is great. Um, but I'm I'm just enjoying a kind of a little calm before the storm SEC bowl games will kick off till next week. So it's been a nice little time. Yeah, it's a good time to
0: take a load off, especially, I mean, you know, with the season ending and this used to be a real dead time, but now with the portal NIL, the madness that is the early or or what we should just call national signing day. I don't think it's yeah. early signing day anymore. Let me ask you this, Chris, on that note, what's your favorite national signing day moment or story or... Maybe there was a signing day that was more hectic and chaotic than another. Is there a moment for you, like when you think of National Signing Day, that sticks out to you? I mean, we've seen the hat flips. We've seen live mascots make appearances and commitments. Anything jump out to you that's that's a core
2: memory of signing day? One thing I've only seen one time happen. We've seen hat flips. We've seen all the other stuff, like you said. One thing I've only seen happen once was when Alex Collins was between Miami and Arkansas. And I think he was out of Miami it was a running back. And he decided he was going to go to Arkansas. And his mom stole his actual national letter of intent and drove off with it. Um, one of the <laughs> wildest fucking things I've ever seen. Because I was like, like he, he announced she wanted to go. We've seen like a Landon Collins thing where his mom was like, I think he should have gone to LSU. We've never seen a mom just step in and take his actual national letter of intent and disappear with it. So they didn't and I remember like Brett Beal was sitting there. He's like, can we just get another one? And they're like, no, it's like a birth certificate. Apparently you can't just get another one. Um, but yeah, so it's, those are, are I guess, I like guess social security number. I don't, I don't know the uh, right government um, example I should have used there. But yeah, I mean, I, those are always good. My favorite thing, I think as a Bama guy, the the Reuben Foster one committed to Bama for two years, decommits and gets, he's like about to be a senior in high school, decommits to auburn but gets his four-year-old daughter at the time to announce it so the math on that i was trying to do very drug like I, w- I was very confused um I mean, that was like i mean like like a senior in high school <laughs> his four-year-old daughter i was like wow it's a lot more responsibilities than i have even at 30 um but then him flipping back to Bama, and then my my personal favorite thing i've ever heard in recruiting Bama used to do this series about what um people are doing to get ready and like and like you know, get in shape for um for like you know, like from high school to college and blah blah blah. Outside linebacker Rashawn Evans, he was from Auburn. He like lived in Auburn his whole life, and he ended up committing to Bama. And they asked him what he was doing to stay in shape, and he said, "And I quote, I chased horses." <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, that's mine.
0: Chris, I grew up around people that, I mean, mid-2000s, if you will, that were locked in on the rivals' message boards. And, mm-hmm. I mean, recruiting was like life, basically. I mean, there's yeah. the recruiting diehards. Were you one of those people as well? Have you always been big into recruiting? Or are you more of like you'd rather pay attention to the play on the field and the recruiting is just the necessary – I mean, it's the lifeblood of every great program. But yeah. where do you fall? Have you have you always been a diehard? Because that's going to lead me into my next question for you. Um, is it something that you've always had a passion for? Or it's just kind of recruiting's whatever. Because admittedly, I to, I've, I've always told my audience, I'm I like recruiting. I'm not one of these diehards that like I don't. Yeah. I'm not DMing a 17 year old about how his visit went. Like I, no. I don't. I don't care that much. You know what I mean? Like
2: I, I used to really get into it when, and this is like like 2008, like right when like Rivals was like still really really big and 247. Like I think it might have been four two four seven. Um, but like I, I was big into it then. And, and I think part of it's because like, it was like when Bama started to ascend and, mm-hmm. you, you know, we saved and started getting these recruiting classes that were like, you know, huge. I, I remember being very, very big into it then. Oh, it's just a different game now. So like now that I do this for a living one early signing day is tough because you look at 2000, this, this is the third year we have had like early signing day, right? The three years ago, the total number of kids that were signed on early signing day was like the top 81 out of the top 81 of the top 100 were signed by early signing day. Then last year, 90 of the top 100 were signed on early signing day. And this year, I don't know how, what the total is yet because it hasn't ended yet. But 95 out of the top 100 have already been committed. So there's not really that much surprise anymore. I can't get into like this whole I'm I'm gonna get super invested into this kid that's committed in July because like especially with with NIL, there's just so much that changes and it's kind it's just. It's kind of exhausting. And so to get involved in some kid and be like, oh, this kid's coming to us. This is a huge game changer when there's like six months left in his recruiting. Don't really enjoy that. And, and like I said, and now you have the portal. So it's like, like, how do you get super invested into a kid that you're getting and, and not have some sort of apprehension about like, well, he's probably going to enter the portal at some point anyway. Just that's the way like the nature of college football is. And you sort of answered my question there, Chris, before I asked it, because something I posed this
0: morning and something we'll talk about today is. You know, I'm someone – I still get fired up for National Signing Day. It's mm-hmm. I think it's a day that really, Chris, not to get over philosophical, but if you if you boil it down, it, it really symbolizes hope, I think. That's yeah. what National Signing Day symbolizes, right? It's the opportunity to add new players to your roster that, if you're a school like Alabama, will continue your great track record of success and continue to uphold the standard of the program. If you're a school like South Carolina, it gives you hope that mm-hmm. tomorrow may be different than yesterday. But admittedly, with the portal and NIL becoming taken over the sport, really, like I even find myself this morning waking up not as fired up as I was a couple years ago, just because to your point, like, I mean, I think you're almost doing yourself a disservice if you get carried away, getting hyped up over a commitment when he may not even be on your roster in two or three years. And it almost to me, Chris, maybe I'm going too far. But I feel like it comes off hypocritical when it's like when guys commit and sign, it's like they're the greatest thing ever. And I think of like Marshawn Lloyd's a great example. Yeah, when he committed and signed, he was the greatest thing ever. He transfers, he's a bum. And it's just like it's kind of icky seeing both sides of it for that player. You you know what I mean? So for you, like I I would. It sounds like you're saying too, like the portal and I. It just at minimum
2: changes the way you look at it. It, It's different than it used to be. I don't want to be pessimistic about it because there is still like a a, a huge part of like hope that comes with it. Like look at Auburn, like what Auburn's doing um, Ole Miss a little bit too. They're doing it in very different ways. Ole Miss is kind of going after the portal um, more and and, and really owning that. And then you look at Auburn, Auburn is, I, I like, it's fun to watch what Auburn's doing. Their fan base is super into it because they're trying to get to a place where they, they, they think they've been before, but like never consistently, but like having Hugh Freeze come in and say, Hey, like we're not going to really attack the portal as much. We're going to go try to develop kids from high school, build this thing from the ground up. And, and, you know, like, look, he's getting two five-star receivers and there's not a position on that team that they struggled at more this year than wide receiver, including the quarterback. And so you get two five-star receivers. You might flip a third one from Bama with Ryan Williams. and He's not going to sign until signing day uh, in February, but like, you know, like you might, you might get three five-star receivers, and then you kind of like like you just build this excitement so like the level of hope part is is really fun I do hate the whole thing of like because it, it's so plain as day it like one of my biggest things is I always say this. if we're gonna talk about sports we're gonna do it in reality and i'm I know that I have like biases and and, and stuff like that and, and I I'm sure that like like the fandom in me like is is let out you know more often than than I probably admit but like watching like watching a timeline on Twitter and you're and you see someone that's like man, fuck yeah, I'm so pumped. We got like Dylan Rayola. He's the like, number one recruit in the country. This guy's awesome. And then he leaves to Nebraska. It's like, that kid sucked. We didn't want him anyway. And it's like, we, I'm watching this in real time. You can put the, the, the tweets next to each other. Of, like, here's where you said this. Here's where you said that. I, that part is, it's just kind of, it's just kind of stupid. I, I think like more than anything, but it's what fans do. It's what we all do because we're all fans. That's how we all got into it.
1: That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing constant contacts writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time i use this to help write and send my email newsletters and you should too so get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com just go to constantcontact.com right now constant contact helping the small stand tall constantcontact.com On that note, Chris, sticking with it, the recruiting side, let's run through the SEC recruiting rankings. Uh, The Alabama Crimson Tide, of course, second nationally behind the Georgia Bulldogs, who, of course, I don't think it's a surprise those are one, two. But the SEC looks like this. Uh, And this includes, I believe, yes, Texas and Oklahoma. This is via 24-7 sports. Just run down the list, one through 16. Georgia, Bama, Texas, OU, Florida is your top five. Then Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, South Carolina, Texas A&M at 10th. Then you got Ole Miss, Mizzou, Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Vandy rounding out the top 16. And, again, I think what you have to keep in mind, Chris, as you mentioned, like a school like Ole Miss is 11th. You might look and say, oh, man, they're not recruiting well. But look at the portal hall, right? Right. Like That's the other side of the coin, if you will. I think they're second or maybe even – I think they're second uh, portal recruiting behind Colorado who just continues to stack it up in the portal. Um, Going back to – first, I'll ask you this. Is there anything out of what you've seen out of the SEC recruiting? Anything jump out? You mentioned Auburn, what Hugh Freeze is doing, mm-hmm. flipping the wide receiver position. I mean, is there anything else? I know it's a ton with I'm not asking you to break down every single SEC recruiting class, but at first glance, what's
2: notable to you of the SEC recruiting rankings? I mean, like I said earlier, like the Ole Miss and and Auburn kind of going at this thing in two separate ways. Um You know, I I think one of the things that's so difficult and this is like from like a job standpoint and and I don't care how this sounds because like I feel like I'm good at my job and and I I, I really enjoy doing my job. But I will also tell you there's not a thing that I am less confident in covering the entire year than this part of the year, which is like the portal and then what do you call it? And then uh, like uh, high school recruiting rankings, because it's so difficult to evaluate because you're like, like, especially when they come from the portal, because it's like you kind of see like the, the duality of man type thing with the, with the fans again, because it's like, I guess duality of fan, where it's like, okay, we've lost, like Georgia. Georgia has lost five five-star players in the portal, like former five-stars. Mm. Four of them didn't play, like at all. And so if you're looking at it, you're like, man, shit, we lost like these five five-star players. And then like, then you get them in the portal and they're four-stars now or three-stars or whatever. And then, or if, or if you're bringing in those kids, you're, you're thinking to yourself like, Oh, we got a former five-star. Like just, it's, it's just very difficult to evaluate. Like what is like what is this level of talent? Like he was a five-star out of high school one to two years ago. And now all of a sudden, is he, is he not, is he not as good or is he just not developed? Um, that part is just very confusing to me to sit here and, and try to figure out like how to get to like a home, like foundation of how do I know where the talent is on, on all these teams? Um, I think that we're obviously like not doing divisions anymore. But the SEC West, um, it 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 seems like Ole Miss has really, really skyrocketed up the the rankings there, and I think might be like a mainstay um, in in that little cluster of teams. Uh, The other thing is like like you know I I look at like South Carolina and 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 teams like Tennessee, like Tennessee was something we all thought was just going to like ascend, right? Like it was just it was going up. Um, You know I think that there's a there's a really big opportunity for Beamer who's going to have to have to um what do you call take advantage of of this specific class where you know you might lose a couple guys but at the same time like if you're able to hit the portal and have a good balance of high school recruiting which he seems to have done right like like regardless of the record the culture that I think he's he's kind of put in place there is is speaking to these recruits like the balance that he has I think is what makes me feel more at ease if I'm a fan. If I'm looking at if I'm looking at a team and I'm thinking this is the most fucking long-winded answer ever, by the way. But, like, if I'm looking at a team and I'm like, okay, our coach is going only after high schoolers like Auburn, like, don't feel super comfortable about that. If I'm an Ole Miss fan, we're only seeming to focus on the portal. Don't know about like that. Having, like, a balance of that is, like, where I think you want to be. That's seemingly where South Carolina is living right now. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends
0: over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience Your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I mean, Chris just asked Clemson fans how they feel. Zero portal commitments for them. Zero. So it's I, you like know, fourth
2: straight year, third straight year. <laughs> it just, it just, it just you,
0: you, you would have thought that Dabo would have learned by now that uh, you know what I'll say.
2: Clemson isn't man enough to go to the transfer portal. They, they don't, they don't want to go to the transfer portal. That's it.
0: That's it. They don't, they don't. They, they don't have what it takes. I love that. Right. I love that. Chris, to your point, I guess we have not spoke since some of the transfer portal stuff in Columbia has happened. Obviously the big news, Rocket Sanders coming over to the Gamecock, mm-hmm. your thoughts on that acquisition. Again, I, I know there's been a, a number of other guys they've added on, uh, you know, a couple tight ends, of course, running backs, if you will, the Jaden McGowan situation. If he actually signs, we shall see mm-hmm. uh, rumors. He may go to Boston college, but Rocket Sanders is the headliner. Your Your thoughts on that pickup and, and what it means for Kaepernick. Again, this is a guy that you and I and many others have watched in the SEC for quite a while.
2: Yeah. I'm not not saying any of this to be a dick. Okay? I'm going to preface it by that. I don't fucking care unless there's an offensive line he can run behind because that's kind of what he had at Arkansas with Sam Pittman being able to recruit that specific unit. South Carolina has not – like like, they have brought in some really good talent. There's just no – line for them to run behind spencer i mean spencer rattler running for his life for most of the year last year um you know hard yards have been hard to come by on the ground for south carolina over the past two years if if, if shane beamer came out and signed 25 kids and 15 of them were offensive linemen i would be fine with it like I, like just i i need you to focus on that i think rocket sanders has the potential to be really really good i was admittedly surprised he went to south carolina not because it's not a great school and a great program and 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 I think you know on the rise in this conference, but because if there's one thing that they have really struggled at, it's developing offensive linemen or even bringing in elite talented offensive line, and and that's what worries me. I, I think it's a great pickup for South Carolina. It's a hell of a job by Shane Beamer to be able to, to pitch him and, and and say to come to Columbia. Um, it just worries me because I you know you got to have something to run behind. That that's that's what I would like to say. And on that note, Chris,
0: ironic timing, because we just learned during your spiel there that uh, Jalen Nichols, who got hurt in the spring game, was supposed to be the best offensive lineman. He has entered the transfer portal. This just happened within the last five minutes. So there you go. Things only get tougher on the offensive front for South Carolina. Hey, Chris, let's do something we both enjoy, which is talk about some actual football on the field. Specifically, I want to zero in on the college football playoff. Alabama and Michigan- Uh, this one is one for the ages. It's a a helmet game for sure, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be iconic at the Rose Bowl. Your initial thoughts on the matchup? I mean, I think Michigan's a slight favorite in this one. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I talked about uh, some of the fun stories on and off the field that follow. But, I mean, I have not locked in my pick yet, Chris, but I feel like Nick Saban, Alabama with extra time to get ready. I mean – you got to like your chances. And it's like it, – it's almost like Bama's playing with house money here, which is interesting for a program like Alabama to have that – not have the pressures of being expected to win it all. Your your thoughts on the matchup as a whole, what you see that you like, what can give Bama some problems, and yeah. which way you're leaning going into the game
2: next week. Well, one, Michigan is is really good. Like, like I hate them. I hate them. And, and, like, bias aside, like, as a Bama guy, I, I don't like Michigan specifically this year because they cheated. Just, I mean, flat out. And I, I don't, again, I think we've talked about this before, like, the whole mindset of, like, well, everyone does it. Well, you're the only fucking idiots that got caught. So, like, I mean, like, I don't know what else to tell you. You, Like, you cheated. Y- your coach missed half the season. He missed half the season. That's how big of a deal the cheating was. Now, you need to give a lot of tip of the cap and, and kudos to that team for being able to win and go undefeated in 13-0 um, without their coach being there for half the season. I, you know, I, I, I want, I want Bama to win this game for a lot of reasons. Part of it is because my God, what a, what a fucking just whistle through the graveyard season for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan that they've been able to kind of just skate through this and, and, and the NCAA and the the playoff committee seem almost too scared to punish them, um, uh, severely. Anyway, in, in terms of the game, Michigan's going to pose some problems for Bama, I think especially up front on the offensive line. We've seen Bama get gashed at times this year uh, in the run game. Um, they've been really good at getting after the quarterback. I think they lead the SEC in pressures. But at the same time, they've, they have had some sort of a vulnerability, I think, against the run. That's something I think you should do, you need to be careful about. The other thing is, like, this is a game where Jalen Milrow he has continued to get better and better every single week, and it's been awesome to watch. It's been so great for a kid that's been counted out, I think, for most of the season that he's going to come in here – and, and has led his team to, you know, beaten Georgia and now going to the college football playoff. Love the fact that Bama gets to be the underdog. Love the fact that this is in the Rose Bowl. You um, Cannot turn the football over in this game. Mich- like, like I, I have this pulled up right now. I'll, I'll, I'll just read this to you. I posted this graphic a couple weeks ago. And this is, these are the numbers for Michigan as a defensive unit. Score, or just as a team. Scoring margin, here's our national rank. First. Scoring defense, first. Pass touchdowns allowed, first. Penalties per game. First few, like the, the least in the entire country. Red zone touchdowns allowed, first. Pass defense, second. Total defense, second. Total turnover margin, second. Opponents first downs per game, second. Red zone trips allowed, second. 20-plus yard plays allowed, second. Total turnover's third. Th- that is – I could keep going, and there's like 20 different like categories where they're ranked the top five. It's a very, very good and fundamentally sound and well-coached football team. Well, even despite it only being coached for half the season – but I mean, it it is a really good team. I I do love the fact that Bama is, is getting a little bit of the underdog situation here because you don't get you don't get to have that at Bama a lot. And so I'm I'm excited for that part.
0: Marlar, do does Bama's dare I call it inconsistencies worry worry you at all? Because I, I, I just I look at Alabama this year and at their best, they're good enough to beat Georgia and beat anybody at their worst. yeah. I mean they almost lost to an Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State. So, like, does that worry you at if all? I, I guess with extra time to get ready though. Yeah. I guess with X trying to get ready, you hope that they will be ready to put their best foot forward in that game. and get healthy.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like I think that like Bama was playing the SEC championship game without a lot. I mean, like they played the entire fourth quarter without their without the best defensive back in the country with Kool-Aid McKinstry. They played they played the entire game without Jason McClellan at running back. Um I I, I really I love this team as a Bama guy. I love this team because it is a team that I've counted out like several times this year. I thought like I, I said what was going to happen at Texas. I said it in the summer exactly how that was going to play out, and I was spot on about it. But after watching that USF game, it was like, "Fuck, man!" Like that, you had such an uphill battle of a climb. Um, I love the fact that you give Nick Saban time to to prepare. Like I, I like cause Saban with time to prepare is fucking. I'll take those odds any day of the week. Um, but I, I I do think that this is. The only thing that worries me is a little bit of the the, the overconfidence standpoint because I think that people kind of have this idea of like once Bama gets the playoff, you know, like they've already beaten Georgia, they've already beaten these other teams. Like, you know, like what's left in front of them? Like, they, they should, of course, they should beat Michigan. Michigan always, you know, chokes in these situations or, or whatever. I mean, there's there's three other teams in this playoff, and I've never said this. I think since Bama's been in it, there's three other teams in the playoff that could easily beat Alabama. Um, you know, but I, but like I said, the coaching matchup and and, and this team. I have been as pessimistic about them as anybody. They have overcome adversity every single week. And I just want to remind everyone that I know that doesn't care that you brought up the Auburn game. It was fourth and fucking 31. And all you had to do was knock the ball down and Bama is somehow still in the college football playoff,
0: which is just wild. Chris, I was just throwing you the alley oop there, man. I knew yeah. you were
2: slam dunk it. So I just, I, I, I just, just to- like this is. Listen, all jokes aside, and let me like romanticize this whole thing. You're a college football fan, just like I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that people hate Bama. I hate the Yankees, and I fully fucking get it. Our fan base is the <laughs> it's arguably the worst in the country because there's like a lower education that comes with it as well. It's not like Georgia and Tennessee as bad. Mm-hmm. It's a. It, I get all of it. It has been so fucking fun to watch and be like what what feels like an underdog for a lot of this season. And to have some of these moments, man, like the, you know, like the 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 Auburn game, the Georgia game, like just it, it's been a really, really fun season. By the way, Chris, I wanted to go back to you mentioned uh, the graphic
0: you made regarding mm-hmm. Michigan and, and the breakdown. I wanted to say congrats to you because I went to your timeline. I think it was yesterday and I saw the graphic you had, I think, pinned at the top, the. JJ McCarthy, Connor Stallions, graphics saw it almost got a million views. So yeah. I, I know not many people will pat you on the back for that, but for sure. I'm in the same grind as you are and I know you work hard on those graphics. So I want to
2: say congratulations cuz that was crush. that one crushed. I made that I made that last Tuesday and it's it's like I left out one game, I'll be honest. It made like, me laugh. It made me laugh, <laughs> I will that, like, It's it me still laugh. an actual <laughs> graphic, but I was I was 1000% poking the bear at them. But I, I, I sat there and I posted it and I told you last week I couldn't come on because I was actually, I, I think I just ghosted you because I was so fucking sick for like four straight days. I was just out. And I remember posting it and I woke up like two days later, I feel like, and I was looking at it. I was like, what the fuck happened here? I got Michigan fans <laughs> all over me. So also um, before I go, because I know it's probably about time for me to go, Ryan Miller, um, who's the other one that I am somehow drawing a blank on now? I don't know how. Um what the hell? Austin Gregory. I, I kept wanting to say Andrew Gregory. Uh, appreciate the shout out in the chat. You guys have been great. I've really enjoyed coming on here all year. I hope everyone in the chat and, and you um, has a great Christmas, except for John Edwards, K, whatever that guy is. that okay, kind of sucks. Um, but everyone else, I hope you guys have a great Christmas. I love it, Chris. It's been a
0: pleasure having you on. Uh, last thing, or maybe last two things. First off, SEC bowl game that you're most excited to watch outside of the college football playoff. That one's very easy, obviously. But yeah, is there a game that you look at like you're just you you can't wait to watch that one? Yeah, Auburn Maryland, right? I mean, it's got to be Auburn Maryland. I mean, it's just Talia's wait. I I hate
2: that. Um, (laughs) no, so uh, yeah, there is, and I'll do a shameless plug while I'm at it because we just posted. Um, I'll be very clear too. I didn't make the graphics for this one because they kind of suck. But um, on the Saturday Down South YouTube page, we did a we did a podcast that's coming out I think today, and we did like a video segment as well called um, Bet the Bowls, and we talked about all the different you know bowl games. We got two more episodes coming out. But go to the Saturday Down South YouTube page; it's a really good it's it's really really good information. The one that jumped off the page the fucking moment they announced it was Mizzou and Ohio State because I think it's such a good opportunity for Mizzou. Like love. Love this opportunity for Mizzou because it almost feels like a Power Five versus G Five situation. It's like, like, like because people just disrespect Mizzou like they're a fucking inner city substitute teacher. It is ridiculous. Like they just, they just refuse to give them any kind of respect. So I think that Mizzou going into this game, from a betting standpoint, there's so much to like from from Mizzou, um, but also from just a, a standpoint of, of Ohio State being two and twelve in their last fourteen games against the SEC and having to go up against a, a team that I think. You know, has been really, really underrated all year. Love that. Love that. So that's the game I'm interested in, I think, most outside of the Bama game, obviously. Um, I'll tell you a fun fact if you have any betters in the in the group. Did a deep dive into some in some really good bets for that game. Fun fact about Mizzou that people don't talk about enough. Mizzou is is they I don't know if they're the only team that's done this, but Mizzou has not trailed at halftime all season. In all 12 of their games, they have not trailed a single time at halftime. They have been leading at halftime by an average of 9.3 points per game. In 11 of their 12 games, the only game they were not leading was against Georgia, where they were tied 10-10 at the half. So, really fun fact there um, if, you're, if you're betting on the games. So, I'm assuming you got first
0: quarter, first half. Dude, listen, you, <laughs> you know I, how I've never, listen. I've never seen somebody love to play. Yeah, okay, I've never listen. seen somebody love to play quarters and halves more. You I, I went I sixteen percent this year. It, no, I, I was, was going to say I respect it.
2: I respect the hell out of it. They, I respect here, the hell out of here's, it. Here's all your bets right now. Mizzou to score first is only minus 120 right now. They've scored first in nine of their 12 games. They led in the first quarter of eight of their 12 games. They led at halftime in 11 of 12, like I said. um, Their team total is only 10 and a half. They, they averaged 16.6. I mean, there's, there's just so much to like in, in that game from a betting <laughs> standpoint. And it's all first half, baby. Let's get rich. Let's get rich. First right. 30
0: minutes. Chris Marler, Saturday Down South. Chris, one final thing. Favorite Christmas movie as we go into the Christmas holiday? I mean, I love Die Hard a lot. I watched that last night
2: for the first time this season. I got like,
0: to admit something, Chris. I've never seen Die Hard before. Oh, my God. I haven't. We, so I, I don't know if you saw Barstool to the segment. They said, we've all got that movie that we're ashamed to admit we've never seen. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ashamed, but Die Hard yeah. is one that is so popular that I've just never seen it. It's, it's really popular. good. I, like it's it's really good. I,
2: I like that. I think Elf is good. I'm 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 over A Christmas Story because they just play it all the time now. But um, yeah, that's a really good one. I don't know if you put me on the spot there. I don't I don't really know. I'm trying to I'm still trying to get into the Christmas spirit. But um, Christmas Vacation,
0: National Land Vacation is good.
2: That's I mean that's like a top three for sure, top five. Um, but yeah, Die Hard for me. Die Hard one and two are great.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. I love that. There you have it. Chris Marler, Saturday Down South, Saturday Football and Center. Chris, let me say yet again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on in this calendar year. It's been a blast, man. I, I get great feedback from the audience every single time you come on the Airways. Many folks say that you are their favorite guest that we have on weekly. So, man, I, I can't say thank you enough. And obviously yeah, yeah. the relationship that you and I have built over the last couple of years, man, it's been really, really cool back from the uh when we started in the bearded tomato days to now, man, it's, it's been one hell of a journey.
2: So I appreciate it. it. Uh, You have a great Christmas and everyone in the chat, like I said, have a great Christmas and I'll I'll just talk to you after. Yeah, man. Merry Christmas to you and yours, Chris. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good guys.
0: Yeah, man. Take care.